Welcome to Numbers chapter 2. Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, The children of Israel shall encamp, every man by his own standard, with the banners of their fathers' houses. They shall encamp around the tent of meeting at a distance from it. Those who encamp on the east side towards the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Judah shall be Nashon, the son of Amminadab. His division and those who were counted of them were 74,600. Those who encamp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar. The prince of the children of Issachar shall be Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. His division and those who were counted of it were 54,400. The tribe of Zebulun, the prince of the children of Zebulun, shall be Eliab, the son of Helon. His division and those who were counted of it were 57,400. All who were counted of the camp of Judah were 186,400, according to their divisions. They shall set out first. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Reuben shall be Elizur, the son of Shedur. His division and those who were counted of it were 46,500. Those who encamped next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon. The prince of the children of Simeon shall be Shelumiel, the son of Zurishaddai. His division and those who were counted of them were 59,300. The tribe of Gad, the prince of the children of Gad, shall be Elisaph. Elisaph, the son of Ruel, his division and those who were counted of them were 45,650. All who were counted of the camp of Reuben were 151,450, according to their armies, and they shall set out second. Then the tent of meeting shall set out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps. As they encamp, so shall they set out, every man in his place by their standards. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Ephraim shall be Elishema, the son of Amihud. His division and those who were counted of them were 40,500. Next to him shall be the tribe of Manasseh. The prince of the children of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Pedahazur. His division and those who were counted of them were 32,200. The tribe of Benjamin, the prince of the children of Benjamin, shall be Abidan, the son of Gideoni. His army and those who were counted of them were 35,400. All who were counted of the camp of Ephraim were 108,100. According to their divisions, they shall set out third. On the north side shall be the standard of the camp of Dan, according to their divisions. The prince of the children of Dan shall be Ahizia, the son of Amishadai. His division and those who were counted of them were 62,700. Those who encamped next to him shall be the tribe of Asher. The prince of the children of Asher shall be Pagiel, the son of Okran. His division and those who were counted of them were 41,500. The tribe of Naphtali, the prince of the children of Naphtali, shall be Ahira, the son of Enon. His division and those who were counted of them were 53,400. All who were counted of the camp of Dan were 157,600. 
they shall set out by their standards. These are those who were counted of the children of Israel by their fathers' houses. All who were counted of the camps, according to their armies, were 603,550. But the Levites were not counted among the children of Israel as Yahweh commanded Moses. Thus, the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses, so they encamped by their standards, and so they set out, everyone by their families, according to their father's houses. So what we've got here is the layout for how the children of Israel are going to camp and march. So it's very interesting, if you've got millions of people, you're gonna want some organization when you're camping. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been camping. I've been camping with my family and my wife's highly organized and that's helpful because um, you, you imagine setting up at a camp, you know, you, if you just turn up to a campsite and you've just got a trailer load of stuff, a tent, and, and you, if you just set it up in any old fashion, it can take you a long time to set up your campsite. But when you have a system in place and everyone knows what they're doing, you can set up your campsite in about half an hour. And we've definitely gotten a lot better at our camping setup. And, um, but you imagine you've got millions of people <laughs> and you turn up at some place, there's a million people trying to set up their campsites all at once. And that's what you call pandemonium. <laughs> so the Lord is making, putting things in place here and he's basically telling everybody where they're gonna be camping, where the tabernacle is going to be, how they're gonna be laid out, when they march, what order they're gonna go in. The tabernacle, you know, there's gonna be the 12 tribes, they're in groups of three. There's four groups of three. Each group has got a lead tribe. The first two groups go off, the tabernacle goes in the middle, the last two groups follow. There's a system when they march. It's very organized. And when they get to a new campsite or a new place, everyone knows exactly where they've got to go to set up and they just do it. So presumably, you can march and have everything set up in one to two hours at the end of a day. It's just done. This is highly organized and you have to commend the Lord People think there's no camping in the Bible. No, there's the, the ultimate um, organized camping experience is recorded right here in the book of Numbers. So if you, if you were to go back over it and read it carefully, you get a sense of how the tribes are laid out here. And you realize that with two million people, this is a big campsite. And I'll talk to you about how big that is in just a minute. But there's different, if you go on Google and you Google, you know, camp layout children of Israel tribes or something like that, there's different artist renditions. I haven't gotten, taken any of theirs, but I've just drawn them up to give you a sense. We're doing this non-copyright, but this is one of the, the ideas that uh, you'll see, is that the tabernacle is right here in the middle. The tribes of the Levites are around it, and we're gonna talk about them in the next few chapters. But then you've got the first group of three tribes over, uh, where are we, where's Judah, up here. The second group of three tribes here, the third group here, and the fourth group here. And this is shaped like a cross. And some people think that this is exactly how it was because it was like a sign of the cross in the desert. I'm not really sure if that's true or not because part of the whole, part of the system of it wasn't just being organized for setting up campsite, but was also being militarily organized for protection. So, you know, they're protecting the tabernacle. And you th if you think about this from a military point of view, you've got all these weak points where people can attack. 
So I don't actually think this was the case. We don't really know for sure. Um, so there's, and a lot of people, a lot of artists and a lot of people who think of how it was laid out, they have a bit of a different idea. They think it was more like this. And um, with the tabernacle in the middle and the Levites around, and then you've got the first group here, second group, third group here, more like this. This is possibly correct because it did say that there was that there was distance between the camps and the the tabernacle in the middle. There was some distance, and um, so you know that would reflect the idea of there being some distance. Now I have a bit of a theory of my own, a possible another idea. There's no way of knowing if I'm right or not. I'll show you that in a second. But I want to show you that this is, um, if you look up here in the top, this is the compass. You see how north is that way. So technically, this is the north. And on the east side, we've got Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. So in the passages we were reading, Judah was listed as the leader of the first group going out first, but it says they were on the east. So the first group's actually the east group. We tend to think as Westerners that the north is always the first thing, the top is the first thing, but in this whole layout with the Israelites, the east was the first. And um, when we talk about the Levites later, we're going to find out that the tabernacle faced east and that this little group here was where Moses lived. He lived right outside the front of the tabernacle with Aaron and the other Levites lived around the tabernacle. So it was like the east was the key thing here with the laying out of the tabernacle. So... For example, if this, if this was how they were laid out and they, it was time to march, what would happen is that Judah would start out marching here and he'd march off. The second group would follow. The, um, the Levite and the tabernacle in the middle would follow that group. The third group would follow and the fourth group would follow after them like that. So it would be a system where they just walked around and walked off. So you could see that how orderly that could be. And um, so that may very well be how it was. However, I have a, a third suggestion. <laughs> I have no idea if I'm right or not, but I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it in terms of, of when you got to camp and when you arrived at the campsite, say you'd been marching all day, if this was your group here, the first group would just march in and, march and stop here. So this is your first group. The first group could march in and stop here. The second group could march in and stop there. The third group could march in and stop there. The fourth group there and the fifth group there. So. This layout works really well for marching in at the end of the day in a very orderly manner, and it provides a lot of protection around the middle, so there's no way of attacking, but it's, it's more similar to the first arrangement. I don't know if it's correct or not, it doesn't really matter, but it is interesting to read and kind of think about it. But one thing that's, that's certainly true is that every Israelite knew exactly where their tent was. If you've ever been on a, one of these group camping experiences or sometimes people will hire like a, a camper van and they'll go off and they'll be in some place like a caravan park and there are literally hundreds of these camper vans. They all look the same. It's very easy to get lost. You imagine being in the middle of the desert with two million people and there'd have to be, you know, let's just say a couple of hundred thousand tents minimum and they all look pretty similar. <laughs> would you get lost? <laughs> well, I know some people who would get lost, but the beauty of this system is that it was the same everywhere you went. You always knew exactly where, like once you were, were aware of it, you always knew exactly where your tent was, where your tribe was, where the tabernacle was. And so it's, 
it's not chaotic at all. It, the Lord isn't micromanaging. The Lord is, is putting in enough organization for things to work properly and to go well. And um, I'm going to read to, to you a few thoughts here um, that come from the Adam Clark commentary. So I, we're just talking about pra the practicalities of all of this. In the Adam Clark commentary, he quotes another expert called Scheutzer, who has calculated that the Israelite camp would have taken up the space of 12 square miles. If you convert that into kilometers, which I did earlier, it works out to be at least 31 square kilometers in size. So if, you, if this was a square, if we're talking about a square, now it may not have been a square, but let's say it was a square, then we're talking this whole entire space being 31 square kilometers. And for that to be true, this would have to be about five and a half kilometers and this to be about five and a half kilometers. So that's a pretty big square. So if you're down here on the corner somewhere and you wanna walk into the tabernacle, you've got around about a three and a half kilometer walk. Or if you're here and you've got your friend, you know, that lives up here, that's around about a six kilometer walk. So it's, it's a sizable area, but having said that, it's completely reasonable and practical that you would expect that that amount of people would take up that amount of space. And in the desert, there's no problem with finding that amount of space. Of course, if they're camps near Rephidim or a, a, a water source, which um, they often were, then people have to walk every day, a couple of kilometers to get their source of water. This is what desert life is like. So I wanna finish with just this thought. Mostly this chapter has just been talking about the practicalities of it, but I wanna finish with this um, more of a spiritual thought. In the same way in the camp that everybody knew their position in relation to everyone else. It was the same every time. And in many cases, they didn't move all that often. So they would set up camp, and in some cases, they stayed in that campsite for years. They weren't just moving around all the time like we imagine. There were times they moved and there were times they stayed still. But so everybody was very aware of where the tabernacle was, and that was God. God was there physically in the cloud, in the tent of meeting, and everyone knew their their relation to God, like they knew how far away he was, where they could go to get to him, and it didn't change when they moved. This was a moving city. And so I guess the, the, there's something very wonderful about knowing your position in relationship to God. But we come into the modern world, we come into the New Testament period, and I have a question for you. Do you know your position in relationship to God? Or... Are you someone that doesn't quite know where you are? Do you not know how you can go find God? These Israelites knew how they could go find God. They knew exactly where to go, and there he was, and they could come before him. They could pray and offer sacrifices. But do you know that? Do you know how to go and find God? Do you know what your position is? I'd like to challenge you with that thought, because each of us need to go to God. It's not just the Israelites back here who needed to go to God. We ourselves need to go to God and we need to know how to find him. The scriptures tell us that if we look for the Lord with all our heart, we will find him. So what's your position in relationship to God? Father, I ask right now that you would challenge my listeners in regards to this question about the position of their relationship to you. And I ask that you would cause them to desire, to desire you, to hunger and thirst after you, to want to know you more. Heavenly Father, I ask 
that they would find you and they would come before you to bring their own prayers and their own sacrifices, the sacrifice of their life, I ask you, would Heavenly Father, draw them in, in the name of Jesus. Amen.